Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great show. Anyhow, what are we going to talk about today? Today we have the Attorney General, the Minnesota Attorney General, Keith Ellison, who I interviewed at Netroots Nation uh, 2023 in Chicago. We had a great interview. I think you guys are going to love it. Likewise, there's a little piece that I heard on TV today uh, where Andrea Mitchell was kind of scolded by uh, a senator. I think it was very important to prevent the false equivalence that that normally occurs when we have the right side and the left side. And, you know, it, it always seems like the, the mainstream media is always trying to appease the right. In other words, they are always trying to do things in such a manner that the right to appease the right wing to say, OK, yeah, we had to hit you up on this. Let's find something on the left on which to hit you up to false equivalencies. All of the times, something that has got to stop. Welcome aboard, Yvette Avery Herod. Good afternoon, she says, to the PDR Posse. Welcome to together again, our one and only Bridge MCP, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. Great to have you here with us. And of course, we have El Senor AV Cube, El Senor Michael Rudnan. How are my peeps doing today? I trust all is fine with all of you. Anyway, trying to get our folks in. Get those emails out. I think the emails just went out to get folks on. But don't forget, folks, please remember to go ahead and hit that like button on Facebook. Get that up thumb button on that thumbs up button on YouTube and whatever you need to do on Twitch, on LinkedIn and everywhere else that we are streaming live. You know, again, most people watch this as a podcast, not as a live stream. But you know what? We would love to get more people on the live stream, get more conversation, get more goings. Anyway, folks, also remember you can call into our program. The number is 281-823-7747. Again, that number is 281-823-7747. We do take calls now on this channel. Seven uh, uh, two eight one two eight two three seven seven four seven. Anyhow, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. I want to get go ahead and get started with El Senor. Let's see, Michael Rodriguez Egberto regarding the false equivalency reminds me of a tune of mine that was recently shared by a friend. Great, thank you for that. I'll check that out uh, when 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 I can, my dear friend. But anyhow, folks, do remember that. Um, we are here for the truth. We are here to get things going. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to Keith Ellison. Keith Ellison is going to, well, check out Keith and then we'll take it on the other side. Let's see where that goes now. Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis. Today we are honored to have the Attorney General of Minnesota, El Senor Keith Ellison. Oh, yeah. It used to be Representative Congressman Keith Ellison, and I spoke to you a few years ago, actually once at the Detroit airport. But how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing really well. Thank you. Muy bien. Muy bien. Está bien. But let me, let me tell you something, Congress. Well, Attorney General. Yeah. Um, or Keith. Or Keith. Yeah. Let me tell you, I can't tell you how impressed I was the way you handle that case that brought the nation to its knees. Yeah, man. And mm. let, me, let, let me tell you, first of all, nobody expected Keith Ellison 
to do the job that he did. And I can tell you something else. Singularly, there's a lot that could have happened that the way in which you handled that case prevented it from happening. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I that's why I wrote this book, Break the Wheel, right. Ending the Cycle of Police Violence, because what I do at every juncture uh, every point of critical decision-making mm -hmm. is to talk about how it could have gone a lot of different right, ways. Right. A lot of the credit does not go to me uh, or, or, or even my team. It goes to the, the young people on the, on the scene when George Floyd was murdered, mm -hmm. who had the, uh, uh, the alertness of mind to stop and, and photograph what happened. Mm -hmm. That was essential. Right. Uh, but then, Within a very few short hours, the Minneapolis Police Department sent out a document saying that an inebriated man died of a medical emergency. Right. So then people looked at their report, compared it to the video, and that really began to spark outrage. By one o'clock in the morning, by like 1.46 in the morning, Darnella Frazier, 17-year-old kid, mm -hmm. posts this, and then that is what really shocked the world. Within, within 24 hours, about 2.5 million people had seen that video. And then uh, people were on the streets. They were marching. They were pushing the envelope. They were demanding change. And then that mass movement is what uh, prompted uh, uh, the the uh, the county attorney, the county attorney to hey my brother, good good to see you. The county attorney to ask me to join him on the case, and then two days later, the governor appointed me to lead the case. So that that was that. But um, but things could have gone another direction, you know, like look at Breonna Taylor, which right. happened a few months before. Mm -hmm. Very little public attention, very little uh, public discussion, uh, and uh, they were ready to just route that out to oblivion, like they do so many cases. Well, let me. I, I, I think you're being a bit too humble here uh, when you talk about it's not what the case. Uh, uh, somebody could have made that case a lot more different, as we know elsewhere. Well, so I mean, no, I see uh, people destroy cases. Say, but I mean. Uh, I, I see people, I see people, I see prosecutors right. ruin cases a That's lot. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. And they, they, they don't call the right witnesses. They don't call any witnesses. They take it to the grand jury. Right. And then the grand jury is secret. And then the grand jury says, oh, there's no bill of indictment. What the prosecutor doesn't tell you is they never put the facts or the law in front of the exactly. grand jury, which is exactly what happened in Breonna Taylor's right. case. And the guy who did it, Daniel Cameron, is the current attorney general in Kentucky. And he's running for governor. Uh, and uh, the grand jurors uh, publicly accused him of lying on them. Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess my point is, you're absolutely right. Uh, doing these cases, there are a lot of discretionary decisions that happen along the way where you can just just basically dump the case. Right. And then and you can look like you're doing something, but but really be operating against justice. And, and that that is what was impressive. You, I mean, you stayed behind the scene when you needed to stay Absolutely. behind the scene and you showed a face when you needed to show a face. And That's I think it. that 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 requires a lot. But anyway, going on to another subject. You, sure. Recently, uh, you, you, you went ahead and, and helped out a, a whole bunch of folks who were into these homes that right. um, tell us a little bit about that story. Well, housing is a major focus of what we do, as you know, as attorney general. Uh, consumer protection is mm -hmm. a big deal. Now, who is a tenant is a consumer of housing services. Right. And we had a lot of people in this very tight housing market, which is all over the country. Right. Uh, we had a lot of people who were living in squalid conditions. And some of these landlords 
uh, that we were dealing with basically took the attitude that, well, if you leave us, uh, you're not going to find any better place. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to do a good job taking care of your place. Well, we had another thing coming. We sued them. We make tenants and housing a central part of the work that we do. Uh, and we insist on uh, enforcing the, the, the uh, landlord-tenant laws. And so uh, one of, we sued a guy named Stephen Meldahl recently uh, and, uh, you know, nailed him for well over, for literally millions. Mm -hmm. We also were suing a group called uh, Havenbrook Homes or Progress Homes now. They're owned by a hedge fund called Pridium, uh, and they have been taking advantage of consumers not not refunding um you know uh uh deposits right uh not keeping up with the lead the the laws regarding lead mm -hmm. safety right uh and doing a number of other things that we allege violate consu uh, consumers rights so we're holding them accountable we're gonna keep doing it but here's my message i know there's folks out here who own property they rent it out and they do a good job. God bless them. The ones that don't, we're going to be holding them accountable. We're not going to allow families to be in squalid conditions as you rake in rents. Uh, and um, and and that's just and this problem is part of a larger problem. Mm -hmm. uh, the larger problem is that after 2008, uh, there was a lot of property on the market. Yes because of the foreclosure crisis, it was bought up by the uh, hedge investors, investors hedge, funds, yeah. hedge funds, private equity, and they then get into the residential lending business. Right. And then they buy up so much property that they're in a position to literally drive up rents in the whole region. And this is, I think, is an antitrust problem, but it's also a consumer protection problem. Right. Because once they get that property, you know, we've often seen it being not handled and taken care of properly. To the, to the listeners here, um, and especially our folks here in Texas, this is what a working attorney general is supposed to be doing. The reason I started the questions the way I did is because we have attorney generals in state after state after state that it's an attorney general by name only. We don't quite know what they do except for corporations, what they do for the people at large. Um, now, So you're in Texas? I'm in Texas. Yes, so your attorney general is under... It's under indictment. Under and, indictment and also and he's, under uh, he was impeachment. impeached. Yeah. And I mean, so this guy is... I mean, Ken Pax is not there for the people. It, but uh, Keith, most of the times, our attorney generals are not. The, the reason I brought those two subjects sure. up, one was criminal, one was civil. Right. The reason I brought those up is to show what an attorney general, how attorney right. generals actually perform. That's right. One that's doing the work for the state. So good questions. And, and doing the work for the state, but doing it for the people of the state. Exactly. Be, be, and, you're, and, and so I'm agreeing with you here. We also represent the institutions of the state government. Exactly. We represent, you know, the Department of Veterans Affairs, the Department of Pollution Control, and they're supposed to be working on behalf of the people. Absolutely. Too. But we represent the institutions of the state, the people of the state for criminal justice and public safety. And we also do other things like I'm on the board of the pension board for the right. state. I'm on the pardon board for the state right. and things like that. So that's when I you and I met when I was in Congress. Right. I left because uh, even though Congress is really important and mm -hmm. I was honored to serve there, 
I thought I could do more for my neighbors at the attorney general. And that's job. what you did. That's I what mean, I did. That's what you did. Now, interestingly, today on on the phone, I'm talking about uh, talking to different different entities, and I try to put that out there that we are responsible for electing people, not for rhetoric, right? But for what they're going to go out there and do. Acción. Acción. Lo que estamos buscando la acción. And that, that's what I, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh, I'm going to start calling you mi Latino favorito, <laughs> man. You know? But uh, it, yeah. Uh, uh, you, you know? Go me, ahead. Me, me, uh, me uh, español necesito mucho uh, ayuda. <laughs> but, you know, but you know what is great, Keith? What? I bet I bet every single one of your Latino constituents, the mere fact that you can say that you're like, oh, él es mi hombre. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, mi hombre es... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know... Mi hombre es Keith. <laughs> um, <laughs> but look, let, let, let's... Before we uh -huh. go, I know you may have your, your yeah, time, yeah. but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to hit on politics now. We talk yeah. about reality now. Yeah. Politics. What does politics have? First of all, before we go into what politics have in store for you, right. tell me the state of our politics right now. Well, we're living in an era of minority rule. Right. We're in a we're in a democratic society that is dominated by a group of people who have views that are hostile and adverse to the overwhelming majority. Right. Give you an example. Most people want background checks on guns, 90 percent. And yet the, the powerful elite types right. control and say no. Most people want health care for all. The powerful elites say no. Most of people want competitive markets. They want to be able to open up a small farm, open up a small business and be able to get into it. Markets are concentrated by the big, right. big, big. And they, they say no. So we live in an era of minority rule. You know, most people think that a woman should can make her own decisions about exactly. reproduction. But you know what? Uh, whether you think it's sin or not. It's her choice. Exactly. But but they say, no, it's the government choice. You, oh, and, but then they want small government but and they, they want uh, small government, government and non-intrusive. Right. Well, see, here's what they want. They want socialism for themselves. Right. Public money going to the big the big dogs. Exactly. You know, Elon Musk will take all the public money he can get. And so then, will Donald Trump. So will all the rest of them. But they want rugged individualism for everybody else. Exactly. So that's how they operate. That's how they see the world. They see themselves as entitled. They see everybody else. They believe that more money for them is good public policy. Prosperity for everybody else is bad public policy. And yeah. brother Keith, the important thing then is how are we, you know, this is where I'm talking about your politics I'm now. I'm listening, brother. Yeah. Um, how are we going to ensure we change the politics to make sure that folks with your mindset and other folks ready to run actually get the backing that they need to go out there and do it? Well, I mean, you've been successful. Let, yeah. let, let's, let's put a stop there. You've been able to do it. I mean, the fact that you are Attorney General of Minnesota yeah, yeah. says a lot. Yeah, 5.7 million Minnesotans. I, I yeah. don't know how people can discount that. Uh, you know, you, we, that can be discounted. Exactly. It has not been easy. I know it hasn't, but again, it, what's great is when you perform. People have a tendency to reward performance yeah. if you Nosotros them. ganamos. Nosotros ganamos. Exactly <laughs> right. So tell me, what, what can you tell to these other politicians that need to understand that they don't have to conform, right. that they can actually take the position that you take as long as people know right. they're being helped. Be authentic, 
stay in close contact with the people, listen to people. Right. And if you do those things, the people will fund your campaign. Right. The people will knock the doors. If you are faithful to the people, the people will support you. And if you lose because you did the right thing, then fine. Then so what? Right. Go on to the next thing. But there's a damn good chance you to win. There's a damn good chance you're going to win. In fact, your chances of winning are better the more you align yourself with the will of the people. Yeah. And but but I just want to say this. Many of these many politicians go into office and they, they'll do anything to win. But if you do anything to win, then maybe if the big money rich guy says, I'm going to fund your campaign and you think, oh, that's how I'm going to win. Then you water down with the people with Miss McGillicuddy yes. told you, yes. with what Miss Garcia told exactly. you. And now all of a sudden you're not operating on behalf of the people. You go. So you just stick close to the people. You're probably going to win if you do what the people want. If you don't, then that's an honorable loss. And you go do something else. Keith Ellison. My brother. Good closer. Thank you so kindly. Mi hermano. Thank mi you for hermano. so kindly for hey, being a Panamá. Sí, pero soy me, americano, yeah. naturalizado. Yeah, yeah. Me gusta Panamá. Okay, está bien. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thank you, my brother. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. That was Keith Ellison, the attorney general of Minnesota. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing uh, that this guy became the attorney general of Minnesota. You know what proves uh, and, and this is something that I was telling him offline as well. What proves how good he is, is that it who he is was superseded by what he does or rather what he does superseded who he is, which is, is great. Um, Bridge MCP says, pretty good guy. Michael Rudden says, you don't need to speak their language to be considered their ally, though it sure helps. Tag in Xiomara NYC, Xiomara NYC in Espanol. Uh, likewise, let's see what we have. Michael Rudden said, nearly all democratic ideas on the issues that matter track with what people say they want in polls. While Republicans who have gone so far into right-wing extremism that they barely have two such polling results, they should translate to blue wins at upcoming elections, and we the people push away from the all-right, <laughs> alt-right. Is that a, it's all, <laughs> I like the way you put that. Okay. All right. Maywood is in the house. Welcome, Maywood. Bruce Pollard is in the house, he says. Hunter's lawyers didn't need the fine, didn't read the fine print. Uh, Eric Hayes uh, tends to believe that defund the police is the wrong thing. Let me clarify something. Defund the police, what it meant was take quite a bit of the money that goes into police officers, 
doing jobs that really don't require law enforcement but require social work, channel that money to social work. Channel that money to people who can do the job. Now, uh, Eric makes a false statement. He says defund is defund, and if you want dead social workers, so be it. That will be on your conscience. Not really. Most police officers never point their guns at anyone. It's the same core of police officers that usually get into shoot them up bang bangs. Those overzealous type cops. Very few officers actually shoot their guns. Check that out. Very few officers shoot their guns. What it proves again is it proves that, uh, you know, England proves that, you know, you can you can have police officers without guns and and, and uh, security is maintained and order is maintained. Right. You don't need a gun to maintain order. You just need authority. You need, just need the people to have respect for for the for the authority figure and and that takes it up. So folks, don't don't buy into that. The truth is, defund the police. Again, it was a bad choice of words given who we know the right wing is. The right wing will change anything or lie about anything to try to give themselves an upper hand. We ought to be smarter than that and make sure that they can't use our own monikers against us, which is what they did with defund the police. And the good thing about it is Americans are smartening up and defund the police is not having uh, any traction at all. Defund the police has zero traction these days. And for those who it has traction for, they're already in the, in the, in the camp that cares nothing about self, uh, cares nothing about voting for those who protect but instead voting for those who have them snowed. So yeah, that 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 is a deal. All right, let, let's see. Uh, let's go ahead and take a call here. Uh, welcome to Politics Done Right. Who do I have the honor of speaking with? Hey, Brother Egberto, this is Ray from Third Ward. Ray, how are you doing, sir? I haven't heard from you in a while. How you been? Yeah, man, I've just been, you know, trying to take it one day at a time since my mother passed. But uh, I've yes, still been yes. trying to tune in. You know, it's it's hard to get up for that 6 a.m. show, but I, I do be you. tuning in uh, on the back end. But one day you might you might be surprised, and I you'll hear my voice. But uh, that, that, shout that out to the be... guys who. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'll shout out to the guys who who uh, make it work for you. You know. Uh, was it uh, Howard Jack? Reynolds and Jack Van Bibber? Yeah, yeah. I always like Jack when he comes with his uh, with his wisdom. And right. Howard, I, I love his personality. Like y'all really make y'all really made this a thing, you know. And I appreciate it. But well, I actually had something else I wanted to uh, highlight. Yeah, uh, uh, do you aside have a, from a, what, what? Let me give you. Let me just tell you a little Van Bibber story. Uh, how we started that stuff yeah. with asking Van Bibber to give a little word, right? Van Bieber uh, called me up one time and I said, you know, he said, you know, we need to talk and we should probably go have breakfast or something. And he's not the type that likes to go out to restaurants. So he stayed home and he made himself, he made us two burritos, great burritos. And we went to Lake Houston and we sat down for like three hours and had a chat. And I'm like, Jack, I want you to say a little word every morning because you always have something insightful to say. And he obliged. And now every morning he, we have a little word 
from Jack Van Beber that he picks up. Anyway, go ahead, my friend. Sorry to bore you, but I just wanted to tell that little story. No, no, I, I appreciate knowing the background of the PDR posse that, that really come in and do the work, you know. I mean, he does the work. He's there with you seven, 6 a.m. every morning. Yes. You know, I got yes. I got to give reverence to that, you know. And he and he spits hot fire when he whenever he talks. That's what I, yes. I call it. He spits hot fire because it's never anything that I could say doesn't make sense. It right. makes all the sense in the world when he says it. And um, what I actually want was calling. Um, I saw that interview that you had done with the young girl who uh, represented the pro-life movement. Right. And uh, well, let's call it the you know it was an interesting. Let's call it the anti-abortion movement. That, to be honest, that's what it really is. That's right. what it really is. And and in the respect of that, you know, I, I heard this young lady, and for all intents and purposes, she sounds like she genuinely believes what she's saying. Yes. I didn't. I'll admittedly say I couldn't watch the entire interview because mm-hmm. up to a point that she started upsetting me. And I give you all the all the credit in the world, Egberto, for being able to sit there and, and, and grit through those difficult conversations. But up to the point where she was basically saying that she's a Catholic and Catholics believe that um, sexual activity is only limited to the purpose of conception. And, yeah. and that is the only reason. And that should be legislated in our country. I have to say... You know, I have to call BS. I mean, and I know she believes what she believes, but I know there's also people who are using people like her for an ulterior, more evil motive. Mm-hmm. And they're using people like her to push along the message, but they don't actually believe what she believes as strongly as she believes. They're just using her message. And I just I, wanted to say, you know, it's hard for me to go out here in this world and and deal with people like that when I know, like, you are doing the enemy's bidding and you don't even know it. But I can't hate you because you have, like, an legitimate belief system that is based on your values that you were raised with. So I can't right. hate on that, but I can hate on the fact that you believe and you want to make other people believe that my personal life should be governed based on your religious beliefs. And I'm not right. here for it. Right. I, I'm you know, not here for it at all. But I let me tell you, um, uh, let me tell you, Ray, what gave me hope, because rarely when you get into a conversation with somebody on the right, will they back back out and say, wow, I learned something or I figured something out or I have a new sense of understanding and both on air and off air. That's what I got from her. I don't think anybody from the left, anybody that believes in the pro-choice movement, gave allowed her to tell her story so that then they could speak to her in the form that addressed her story. And I felt, in as much as it made a lot of our PDR posse irate, in knowing how I started with her and how she approached me for the interview, because remember, the reason I, I came on to that interview immediately was she sent me a very long, detailed letter. I want to be on your show. I think she thought that she would come on the show 
and simply articulate her position as a as a you know as a preacher or whatever to let it be known. I don't think she realized that what she was going to get was a conversation where I was going to think and she was also going to think. And what happened is she started to think. The first the first inkling was when she said when I mentioned about caring. I used the word caring. You see. They feel like they care so much about the fetus. But when I talked about you sounded so cold, so uncaring, that tri- look at her. Anybody go back to that interview. Look at how that triggered her, not her intellectual uh, spirit, but it triggered her as a, being a good person. And she is a good person. And then it triggered her like, oh, my God, you mean I am uncaring? And then from then on, in as much as... I didn't change her from being a an anti-abortion person, but we may have taken something off the edge where she wants to have complete control of somebody's life. And that's where I was going with. That's why I'm saying to everybody, Ray, you don't have to have the patience that I ex- express with these folks, right? But please give me the latitude to do so because I think we can make a difference. And, and with the PDR Posse support of people who are willing to engage, I think we can help things off if even so much. Yeah, absolutely, Egberto. And I, I I give you all the credit in the world. You got that's a talent, bro, to be able to sit there. Cause I can't even listen to it for so long without right. saying, wait a minute, you know, I gotta stop you, you know? And and that listening part, that's what I'm working on. That's one of the right. things you helped me with in my daily life, when I'm watching you and listening to your show, I'm trying to pick up on that energy that you have where you're able to, you know, you know, you have a strong stance on what you believe, but you're also willing to engage those who are completely in opposition to what your belief is. And as a progressive, I think that's one of my weakest points, being able to engage those who I don't agree with completely, like the pro- life versus the pro-life, the anti-abortion movement, as you call it, as we call it, you know, there are people like that young lady who genuinely believe what they believe is a good thing. And I'm here to say that it's a bad thing because you're literally, when I talk about conservatism, they always talk about individual freedoms. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to things like this, that goes out the window. Right. They don't care about individual freedom when it comes to telling you how and when to procreate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and, and you it's, see, I don't know if you heard when I told her, Ray, I said, whenever I talk to folks that oppose my views, right? I am, and especially those that are passionate in their opposition, I'm hoping that there's something that I can see within them that even may have me modulate what I think, right? Because that is how you, I mean, everybody isn't all right and everybody isn't all wrong all of the times. There are certain things that are absolute, but there are certain things that are gray area. And like I told her at the end of the conversation or near the end of the conversation, I, you know, I I listen, hoping that there's something you're going to change. And I told her, unfortunately, you didn't do that, but that's not on you. That is just on, you know, how things are. So, but again, I think, I I, I think if we, you know, I'm going to give a speech on, um, uh, at the Unitarian Church on Sunday in in Houston, and what I'm going to try to put out as well, uh, you know, I haven't decided what topics, but I know I'm going to include the topic where I talk about healthcare for all at Starbucks and all of that's going to be in there. But um, 
I, I, I want to put out there that not everybody needs to sit down and and just take all the crap, if you will, right? If you don't, if you can't handle it, I can't do no it, re- right? And if you can't, there's no reason for you to stress out because you know what? There are few of us who are willing to do that, and we will be the conduits. And believe it or not, we are but your conduits, right? In other words, we have a posse here, right? And each of the posse right. have its strengths, right? And and what we what we learn to do, and that's why when I when I talk about believing in community and social beings, etc., all of us don't have to be pros at everything in this movement. As long as we're working together in a movement, we can actually effect change. Those of us who have the patience to speak to wackos, great. Those of us who have other talents, we use them, and we are full of many talents right here. Yes, sir. And and like uh, Big Mama said on Soul Food, one fu- one finger pointing the blame ain't going to do much impact. But you take all those fingers and ball them, ball them up into a mighty fist and you can right. strike a mighty yes. blow. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that that is exactly uh, that, that is exactly how it, it should be, my friend. But anything else, my dear brother? As Ray? progressives. Yeah, as progressive, we got to be that fist. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking to try to get a uh, coffee with you one day, Egberto. Uh, it's been a while yeah. since I saw you. I, I, I'm so busy working. You, you busy working. We just haven't been in the same spaces and I, I feel like it's been overdue. You know, some, some weekend when you have time, let, let me know. We can, we can meet somewhere in the center, you know, where, where you don't have to drive way over here. I don't have to drive way over there. We just meet somewhere and, and shoot the bull, you know? Okay. Okay. Sounds like a plan. I'll email you then. Sounds good, brother. We talk. Thank you for calling. All right, man. Keep up the good work. Take care. Yes, sir. All right, folks. That was one of our PDR Posse member, El Senor Ray. Um, anyway, folks, uh, continuing with the story, what did I miss in the chat? Let's see. Uh, if I missed anything, forgive me if I missed anything in the chat. I didn't like that girl. She was mostly religious. I get it, Breach. I get it. You don't have to like her. But I, I'll tell you, I like I liked her. But again, I like most of the right wingers that I speak to. I want to play you something that happened this morning on the show, on the KPFT show, because I want to show you what, you know, you can, you can actually be firm, respectful, and at the same time, that change your values, unless there's a reason, unless you learn something from somebody, you know, you also should never fear because you have a particular belief. If it is proven that it needs modification, I don't think we should ever fear saying, ah, I probably need to modify how I thought about that. I am a I I can tell you, I can attest to that personally, where I've changed my beliefs based on new information or based on just learning, based on just realizing at some point I was a fool, you know, so. We have to get get to that point in our life, but I want to play what happened this morning because I thought I I, I thought it's it, it's important. Check this out because this person thought they were calling in to really slam me, but check this out. Let me get it to the right side, and we go there. Come on in, Brian. I'm going to cut that. You guys can read that at politicsdoneright.com/newsletter. Politicsdoneright.com/newsletter. You have all the links to the shows. Talk to me, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. So can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I guess finally something took place that was in the correct column. All right. Okay. Yesterday, Biden. Okay. 
And did that make your life better? It actually it made my day better, but it didn't make my life better. It didn't. It didn't help you. Did it help you financially? Uh, well, well, no. no. Did it help? Did it help? Did it? Did it make it better for anybody in your? Let me tell you why I'm saying this, brother Brian. Um, uh, you know, I'm just telling you this because I, I want to show all of America that's listening to both of us right now. And by the way, thank you for calling. That the things that the media and the corporations have us thinking about are things that have no effect, no material effect on our lives. Are you, you're on your way to work right now, right, Brian? Of course. Yeah. I have a job. And, and you would love to have good health care. You would love to have, be able to save a few dollars and you need government to create policies to do that for you. Right? No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Policy. No, you don't need policy. Okay. Security is a scam. It's a okay. scam. Okay. Okay. You realize now, I'm glad you brought up the point of I need the government to help me live. Yes. Me survive. Yes. Really? Yes, you do. How much if you did not, if you did not enroll in social security, how much money would you have? Uh, you would not have near enough to survive more than 20 years. I've already did the math for you. So let me, let me just tell you this, sir. I mean, no, no, no. Everybody who takes social security, sir, let me tell you something. All right. It's a, it's the greatest lie that's out on the right right now. And the reason why it's out there is so that stockbrokers can use your money to make a profit without promising you a return. Let me tell you what social security is. Social security means that if the market crumbles, if something goes wrong, you can always, you always know that you have a basic level of income. It's an insurance policy to humanity in that particular country. I know what the right preaches, Brother Brian. I know that. What I'm going to ask you to do is when, just like how you are concentrating on Biden now, just like how you are believing that Social Security, if you put the money away yourself, you can do well. Make $7.25 an hour. Make $15 an hour and see how much money you could, could put away to survive on. Even if you're making, you're a great investor that invests at 7%. It is impossible. I did the actual numbers. The actual doesn't work. I'm telling you. It doesn't done, work. I've done the numbers also. <clears throat> I've done the Sir, numbers uh, 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 Brian, Brian, let me just say this to you uh, respectfully. Respectfully, Brian, respectfully. Respectfully, let me tell you. Um, if you are coming on our air to say that you've done the numbers and, and then you're telling me what you're telling me here, sir, I cannot hold what you say with validity because I am, as an engineer who does numbers, I've done it, sir. It's impossible, both for health care, both for Social Security and all these things. It is impossible for you to do it without the government, both for streets and everything else. It is impossible for us to exist without the composite nature of our social being with the government. It's impossible. You can live the dream, but it's a dream, not a reality. Go ahead, Brian. Thank you. Okay, well, first off, here, do some history. My name is Brian. I go back all the way to Glenn Erbach. Mm -hmm. Check him out. I am That's the fine. only three people yeah. that he ever invited on his program. Everybody else invited himself. He invited me to go down to 419 Lovett. 
I've right. seen the transcript. Blown up. I've done the numbers myself. And you said seven twenty-five an hour. You're gonna live. You're gonna work seven twenty-five an hour for the rest of your life. No, oh, sir, you won't. But uh, Brian, that's the thing. Oh, I, 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 I t- Brian, I'm running out of time and I need to go to Donald. And I love talking to you, right? Because you give me a chance to expose quite a few things. Call back every day as you want. You can call anytime uh, on this show. But let me just tell you that in this case, the statements that you're making are mathematically incorrect. And if you would like me to write a paper to prove it to you, I will do so. Okay? Because you are wrong. You are wrong, sir. I can write it up for you. All right. We'd okay, here, here's a problem. Here's a problem that this guy simply doesn't see. 40% of Americans, I just saw the stats that came across my, um, my feed today. 40% of Americans, if they got one $400 bill, they will be, they will be, they couldn't handle it. That's number one, okay? That's number one. Okay, I'll write the paper, Daniel, I will. That is number one. So that that leaves out 40% of Americans already that cannot save any money at all, all right? 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So that is saying maybe only 40% of Americans can save anything substantive at all, meaning $20, $15, $30 a month. Now, for you to be able to save enough money that you can replace your income that Social Security would normally pay. Let's say Social Security will pay you on the low end $1,500, on the high end a maximum of, I don't know, 30 something hundred dollars, okay? You could not put enough money away. You could not put enough money away so that your own money plus its appreciation from Let's say earning 7% per year, which was at one time the average growth rate of the stock market. You could not put enough money away for that. And don't also forget that within that time, you could be the unlucky one where you hit the dip in in the stock market that affects the total capital that you have. Some people will say, well, just turn your assets into an insurance policy that pays you a monthly fee. I've researched that as well. And I tell you, from a mathematical standpoint, it is impossible for you to do it because here's how Social Security really works. Uh, we have X amount of people that are working and X amount of people that are collecting. And it's because we have more people working than people collecting that we can transfer those monies to the people who are not working. At one time, it was seven to one or some number like that. I think now it's three to one or two or, or, or something like that. So that's the reason Social Security works. It's a matter of the people that are that the larger number of people working are supporting that small number of people that are retiring. Again, you get that big delta and it's 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 all the masses paying for the rest. It's not a savings account. And the reason we had to have things like we spoke about things like lock boxes and these issues were because we understood that during the baby boom period, which we are in right now, during that baby boom period, we would have had to have an excess capital because we're going to get the ratio of workers versus people collecting Social Security falling. This is simple math. 
and for those on the right to simply succumb to the unmath-based thing. And, and, and Eric, uh, while you're my brother, love you, but you're an accountant. This isn't rocket science. This is amortization. You can actually do the number to figure out if I want to collect 13, let's just call it $1,500 um, a month. It's going to be more, but let's say I want to collect $1,500 a month for the next 30 years. Figure out how much you would have to have in the bank and then figure out how much you would have to save per month starting at, let's say, 20 years old or 25 years old, wherever you want to start. And what you find out is it is impossible. It is simple math. And math has an uncanny way of really hitting you up. But the, the, the most important thing that many don't tell to you about is also something called risk. Risk, which means if your retirement occurs at a point where you have taken substantial losses, then it's even worse. So people, don't buy into the right-wing shenanigans. They want you to believe. They want you to believe that you can save your own money for retirement, but there's a, there's a sinister part of that. They want more The reason why the government wants to control a portion of your Social Security, et cetera, is they want to give free money so that these fat cats on Wall Street can profit from your earned money. That's what they want. That's what they want. I know, Eric, we're talking about retiring at the age of 62. Okay, or even 20 years after that. Most people cannot. Most people cannot save enough for even 10 years of income, for even five years of income after retirement. And that's just because over the last 40 years, we have not kept up with inflation. We have not kept up with productivity. It is, again, math, basic math. Uh, Bruce says, what happens when that ratio inverts? We collect more from the workers. Exactly. Exactly. When the, when the ratio gets better, it, you know, again, we just have to get over at this point in our society. We have to get over the baby boom hump. The baby boom hump is a whole bunch of people that retire at the same that retire in that, during that big baby boom in the 40s. Now that they're retiring, it's it, it's a strain, and that's why we had a lockbox that that we used to call the lockbox, right? But it was never really there because again, people spent the money, right? And who did it again? Reagan did, and we can keep on talking about who did it, etc. All right, let's see what else we got here that I need to read before I go to the next video. Uh, Michael Ryan said, Yahoo Finance. The Secure Save study found a shocking 67% of Americans don't have enough money saved to cover the same hypothetical unexpected $400 expense. I think since Biden came into office with the uh, with the subsidies and all of that, I think that went to 40%. I could be wrong. That may be a newer thing. I don't know. But I think Biden has bumped it to 40%. Uh, or something like that, um, Rodden. But again, I don't have those numbers with me. I could be wrong. Uh, Daniel Adel says, thank God COVID came and weeded out the demographics, sucking up all the Social Security. Am I right, Maywood? Oh, boy. Uh, I, you know, you like to say things for shock value. I get it. 
You may opt out of Social Security. You must legitimately fall into one of these groups and carefully consider the ramification exception for uh, qualifying religious groups, certain non-resident alien, foreign government employees, temporary student exemptions. Other exemptions include things like some teacher funds. They have a retirement plan, which is usually lousy. Uh, I I like the idea of the government-based Social Security, the government-based health care, etc., and just make sure that we vote the right people into office. Anyway, let's go to the other, the, the last video. Uh, you know, uh, Andrea Mitchell today asked uh, a senator a question, and she and she implicitly equated the Hunter Biden story with the Trump story, which she had to take back at the end after the senator challenged her, but in a very calculated manner. I want you to take a listen to this. And then we'll take it on the other side, because this is what needs to be done every time an anchor, a host or someone else uh, sort of make a, a, a flaw in the argument. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. I want to move on, though, to um, Donald Trump and Hunter Biden, actually. Uh, your reaction as a family friend, as a Delaware as senator, as a longtime you know, intimate of the, the Bidens to this it's more than a hiccup. The deal fell apart, and it has to be put back together again if he's going to figure out a way not to face a trial. Well, Andrew, you asked me to comment on both Donald Trump and Hunter Biden, um, and I'll speak briefly to their respective legal challenges. Uh, the press is reporting uh, that uh, Donald Trump, former President Trump's uh, lawyers, have been notified uh, by Jack Smith uh, that he may well be indicted in the coming day or two uh, for his alleged role in the January 6th insurrection. Um, and Hunter Biden, as you just referenced, um, had uh, a hearing in front of a district court judge in Delaware uh, about a plea deal. Um, the judge expressed some real concerns about the supervision uh, of a piece of that agreement that would have allowed uh, Hunter to avoid any prosecution um, for a gun-related offense. This is a common uh, practice in prosecutions where you're a first-time offender, uh, the offense is related to drug abuse, and you enter into a supervision agreement where as long as you do not re-offend in terms of um, anything involving owning weapons or substance abuse, that uh, that record is expunged. Um, this was not unusual. Um, but in this particular case, the judge was asking about who is going to supervise that. That piece of it fell apart. I expect that they'll be back in front of the judge with a revised deal uh, in a matter of weeks. Here's what matters, Andrea. In one case, it is the former president who is trying to be the presidential nominee for the Republican Party who is facing very real legal challenges. In the other case, it's a private citizen, um, yes, the president's son, but someone who never served in the White House who had no official role. I think that is a significant difference. Uh, none of this that relates to Hunter Biden and his history of substance abuse and his plea deal and the District Court of Delaware relates to President Biden. All of the charges that have already been laid against former President Trump in other contexts and that may soon be um, further advanced by an indictment directly relates to the conduct of former President Trump, in this case, in office. Conduct that resulted in an armed gang assaulting the building uh, that I am in here in the United States Capitol. So let's just be clear. Um, one is about the conduct of a former president in office, uh, and the other um, is about a private citizen, the son of the current president. There's a stark difference.
You know, you are absolutely correct, and uh, I should not have analogized those two things together in in my haste. Uh, there's no question that they are of uh, very, very different proportions. Uh, there's no comparison. Uh, what I meant to be asking you in, in my defense is, are you concerned about the House Republicans trying to make much of this now and saying that there is something to be investigated that could warrant an opening an impeachment inquiry of the sitting president of the United States based on the fact that there is an ongoing investigation into his son's business dealings and right. the allegation that he was involved, which they have strongly denied, and there's no evidence of. And that is what's important. I give Andrea Mitchell a lot of respect for doing what she just did. In my haste, I analogize, analogize those things. In other words, I made those two very, very different analogies, very different things. I made them analogies. I should not have done that. In my haste, I failed, and I, and I accept your correction, Senator, because now America got to get the differentiation between the two. I've said many a times, I'm not going to discuss Hunter Biden. It has no bearing on what's going on in our country right now, nor should any of us be uh, be making those two the same issues. They're not. And Bridge says, yes, son and dad, Donnie and Jared, where is the $2 billion that, that you know? Notice also, Bridge, I didn't cover that subject either. That is corruption on, on, on the president's uh, son-in-law side. I left it alone. And why did I leave it alone? I have no evidence of anything. I don't think any of us have any evidence of anything. If we find out later on that there's some evidence that, that puts the two together, then we can make that an issue. But until then, we don't make it an issue and we don't waste the time. Like I told the right-wing caller earlier on, uh, we, I asked him, did talking about Hunter Biden make your day better? Did it help your family? Did it create public policy to assist? And that the answers for all of that was a resounding no, and therefore we leave it alone. Uh, anyhow, folks, uh, continuing, uh, Rudnan says Republicans can play all the distraction games they wish, but Trump's going to prison over numerous major financial and civil crimes before the 2024 election, and the GOP might not survive that outcome. Trump's going to take the Republican Party down with him. Lee Grant says the acorn falls close to the tree. Uh, well, you can say that. Well, what would we say about Donald Trump and his kids then? Donald Trump is a criminal. Donald Trump has always been a thief. Do we say that about him and all his kids? We probably should, right? Daniel Ledo says, Andrea allowed herself to be reminded of the party line, at which point she dutifully apologized and corrected herself. Sad to see her reveal who controls her. No, she was just following the facts. That's all. Bridge MCP says, good idea, no evidence, no talkie. You get that right, my dear beautiful Bridge. Eric Hay says, rule of law. I agree, rule of law. Unfortunately, Donald Trump never understood that. And because he never understood that, he's going to jail. And I think that will be the best thing for the country. If the best thing can see, the best, if the, if the people can see good people ensuring that a criminal like Donald Trump goes to jail, that would be an asset and that would be a that would be something so important for the rest of the world to see. We are truly a, a, a society in which everybody has equal access to law enforcement. Everybody has equal access for all of this. Anyhow, folks, we are coming close to the end of the program. 
I ask you so kindly to support us. Politicsandright.com slash support is the way you can find a multitude of ways to support this program. We cannot do this without you. We're out there. As you can see, we're in Chicago doing a whole lot of interviews, uh, putting out a lot, joining people together. We've, we've already connected you with our interviews. We've already connected different various groups together that said, you know, I can work with this guy. We have a group called, I, you know, we, we, we have an interview with Unified and a, other person calls up and say, hey, what is Unified doing? Uh, yeah, Unified is a, is a tool we can use. And that's where the, the, the symbiotic relationship between activist groups, politicians, progressive activist groups, progressive politicians, progressive media, and all these organizations getting together to make a difference. It makes a difference. And by the way, all of you who support Politics Done Right and other progressive organizations, because we don't get from the corporatocracy, you are making a difference. So I ask you so kindly, please go to politicsdoneright.com slash support and support us however way you can. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs> <laughs>